Wunschdach. It are Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome to Thunder Noodle. Oogly boogly. Woogly It is WTL. Another day to get angry. <laughs> are you upsetting us today, Cupcake? I hope not. Like, I've actually started to get hella anxiety about this. Ipsy. Like, I don't want to make them mad. <laughs> That looks so innocent. You're both guilty, yeah. <laughs> we are so cute and so nice. We could never get angry. Uh, sure, uh-uh. sure. Uh-uh. No, no, even, like we don't even get like upset. No, I'm so nonchalant. Never. Right? I'm like, Nothing bothers me. So blasé about life. Kalam says a daha valam. Okay. Cool as a cucumber. Yeah. What are go. you bringing us today? So today's case is going to be a bit different. Mm. It's not necessarily a case that changed our law, but it's something that is being pushed to be changed. Mm. So this is, yeah, no, it's going to be, it's a good one. Like there's a lot of information. So I've kind of managed to, I compacted it a lot. So if anyone wants to go dig a bit deeper, please do. Because there's just so much. Like Google's free. It's, there's so much information. It's a rabbit hole that I spent three days in. Like, okay, so. Alice, <laughs> let us know what's popping in Wonderland. So this is the case of assisted suicide in South Africa and where it stands today. Oh, girl. Okay. So. The euthanasia. Yes. Spicy. So I'm going to tell, we, we're going to read it like a story. Okay. Okay. Horror story. <laughs> Now, have you ever thought of what happens to you when you get to that stage in your life when the end is near? Have you ever considered that terminal illness may be the reason? This brings the question, what rights do we have when it comes to choosing our passage into the next chapter? South Africa has many end-of-life safeguards, but what if the pain is so unbearable you want to end your life in a pain-free and humane manner? This is what happened in Stransom Ford v. Minister of Justice and Correctional Services. The applicant was a highly qualified lawyer who had contracted terminal stage 4 cancer, which had spread to his lower spine, kidneys and lymph nodes. He suffered severe pain, nausea, vomiting, stomach cramps, constipation, disorientation, weight loss, loss of appetite, high blood pressure, increased weakness and frailty related to kidney metastasis. He was unable to get out of bed and had injections and drips, endured anxiety and could not sleep without morphine or other painkillers. When he did use pain medication, it made him abnormally drowsy. He had tried multiple traditional and other forms of medication as well as palliative care, but none of these alleviated his suffering. With only a few weeks left to live, he admitted an urgent application to the High Court for permission to end his life. The applicant had freely and voluntarily and without undue influence requested to authorize that he be assisted in an act of suicide, and the court was satisfied that he was mentally competent. Additionally, he had a severely limited life expectancy of only a few weeks due to his fatal illness and intense agony. The court issued an order declaring that a doctor would not be considered to be acting illegally and would not face prosecution 
or disciplinary action from the HPCSA if the doctor helped Mr. Stransom Ford to die by administering a lethal drug to him. So the HPCSA is the Health Profession Council of South Africa, just so everyone knows. Thank you. (laughs) The applicant could be granted assistance from a licensed physician according to the court order, but no physician was required to help him end his life. The 1998 Law Commission's report draft bill on end of life contained provisions that the court determined were not required as the necessary or only conditions for the lawful assistance of a qualified medical doctor to commit suicide. The court reiterated that where the South African common law conflicts with the constitution, the common law must be developed by the courts to bring it into in line with the constitution. The court ruled that the common law offences of murder or culpable homicide in the context of medical professionals assisting a patient in taking their own life were overbroad and unconstitutional because they unjustifiably restricted the patient's constitutional rights to human dignity, which is mentioned in section 10, and freedom and security of person, which is in section 12. To that end, he sought an order to that the common law concerning the crimes of murder and culpable homicide should be developed in terms of section 39.2 of the constitution. He claimed this relief as a matter of right sourced in the Bill of Rights under the constitution. Aside from acknowledging voluntary active euthanasia within the framework of the Stransom Ford case, the ruling had no bearing on the common law offences of culpable homicide and murder. It was stated in the South African Journal of Bioethics and Law that the Constitutional Court, the Supreme Court of Appeal and the High Courts have the inherent power to develop the South African common law in line with the Constitution, taking into account the interests of justice and may consider foreign law in this respect. So just to sidebar on why we consider foreign law, there are a few countries right now, I think Canada is one of them, that have legalized euthanasia and end-of-life suicide. It is in this context that the judge in the Stransom Ford case interpreted the Constitution and referred to a recent similar Canadian Supreme Court case that had authorised doctor-assisted suicide. Accordingly, the court in the Stransom Ford case ordered that the applicant could be actively assisted to die by a doctor without the latter being subjected to prosecution or professional disciplinary proceedings. The North Gauteng High Court held that a terminally ill patient with intractable suffering was entitled to commit suicide with the assistance of his doctor, whose conduct would not be unlawful. The case held that voluntary active euthanasia and doctor-assisted suicide may be legally justified in certain circumstances. The applicant unfortunately passed away before the judgment could be made. The state further pursued the case and it was taken to the Supreme Court of Appeal in the case of the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services versus the estate Stransom Ford. The Pretoria High Court issued an order essentially enabling him to get a doctor to perform this without facing any legal or professional repercussions two hours after he passed away. The SCA then, after this, reversed that order for three interconnected reasons. First, the court noted that Mr. Stransom Ford's claim, which was solely his own, vanished upon his death, and the court lost the power to rule on his case. 
The judge ought to have revoked the order as faulty as soon as it became apparent that Mr. Stransom Ford had passed away before it was issued. Rather, an illegal order was made exempting Mr. Stransom Ford and any medical professional who had helped him from the regular application of the penal code. Secondly, the SCA made note of the High Court's incorrect assessment of the current legal landscape and its failure to distinguish between the legal ramifications of a prescription for drugs that a patient may, patient may take in an attempt at suicide and an order allowing a medical professional to administer a lethal substance to a patient with that patient's consent. In the current state of the law, the former is murder, notwithstanding the consent of the patient, because consent to being killed does not affect the unlawfulness of the act causing the person's death. There is no case dealing with the latter situation, and if it arose, it would have to be considered in the light of the general principles of our criminal law. The High Court was wrong to say that this would necessarily constitute the crime of murder or any crime at all. Only the context of a certain case's circumstances could that be decided. The High Court attempted to tailor its ruling to Mr. Stransom Ford alone, neglecting to take into account the wider ramifications of its ruling for the penal code. Since he was dead, there was no need to create a common law pertaining to culpable homicide and murder. A more thorough analysis of the law and international jurisprudence would have been necessary for any such development, given how different South African society is from societies and nations where some kind of physician-assisted suicide is lawful. And thirdly, the SCA determined that the matter had been handled, handled hurriedly, which left an insufficient record of the facts. The High Court was not informed that Mr. Stransom Ford had told his doctor that he was hesitant to commit suicide, nor was it informed that he had gone into a coma prior to the case being heard. The case was expeditiously heard in an attempt to resolve it prior to Mr. Stransom Ford's passing. This was superfluous as it precluded the court from being presented with evidence that would have empowered it to address all the intricate matters pertaining to the evolution of common law in this domain. The Constitutional Court has emphasized the need for the case to be advanced on a proper factual basis and with a complete assessment of the applicable law, both local and international. In constitutional matters involving an alleged breach of a person's rights under the Bill of Rights, in this instance, this was not done, and the matter was handled with an inaccurate and insufficient factual foundation. The applications filed by multiple parties to the appeal to present further information to the appeal court demonstrated the inadequateness of the factual record. According to the SCA, a court cannot fairly decide such a significant matter without providing evidence about how its ruling would affect South African society which is distinct from other countries in terms of its structure and challenges. Consequently, the SCA reversed the High Court's order and maintained the appeal. I just want to say this is the quietest I've ever heard the two of you. I'm very invested. <laughs> yeah. The quietest. So, well done. I'm very proud of you. Stop. Assisted dying. Wait. Sorry. Wait. I lost my place. There is a charity in South Africa called Dying with Dignity SA, which was founded in 2011 by Sean Davison. 
This organization is driving the conversation and pushing for the legalization of assisted euthanasia for patients who are suffering from debilitating conditions. Assisted dying technically exists already in the form of non-voluntary euthanasia. So when a patient is not lucid and cannot make their own decisions, turning off life support is an example of this. The co-founder of Dignity SA and proponent of euthanasia. So someone else can decide to pull the plug, but I can't. Basically. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Something about that is very wrong. But that's why they say technically. Yeah, mm. it's it's a very this that's, whole. You see, I was quiet and I was fine, and now you've said it, and now I'm I pissed. I poked the bear. <laughs> yeah, now I'm pissed. How are you gonna tell me I'm not even conscious, and someone else can be like? Kill the motherfucker. But me, in my right mind, you can be like, you can't actually say have a say in that. Sorry. Excuse me? We'll get into that. But mm. it, it's got to do with... So when you pull the plug in the inverted commas, mm. it's, you don't just somehow get... Like if you go into a coma, I can't just walk in and be like, pull the plug. There's a lot of forms you have to sign. And there's I get a that, lot of... But the whole point of it is, oh, the person probably won't wake up. If they do, they probably won't have a good quality of life. Those are the types of things they yeah, look at, right? Yeah, but it's like you're brain dead. Yeah. Like, there's no function. You, Very you're being fair. You're kept alive by machines. Valid. Know? 110%. But I've literally been told I'm going to die in a few weeks. So... Mm. Same concept in my head. No, but the, this is, the, they've said in everything that I looked at, they said, especially in South Africa, they, it's just such a great area. I'm not happy about this. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the co-founder of Dignity SA and proponent of euthanasia, Sean Davison, recently completed his house arrest term in South Africa for his involvement in three fatalities. He maintained that he had aided these individuals since they were dying of desperation rather than committing a crime of murder. Richard Holland, Justin Varian and Anrich Berger were in excruciating pain, had no chance of getting better and were unable to take their own lives. Davison is fighting to amend the laws around assisted suicide in commemoration of the late South African Honorary Archbishop Desmond Tutu who previously stated that he would prefer the option of an assisted death. According to Tutu, those who are nearing the end of their lives ought to have the freedom to choose how and when they pass away. Ultimately, this is a tumultuous issue within South Africa, where religious, ethical and constitutional values seem to clash and agree with each other at the same time. As of now, Dignity SA will be approaching the High Court in Pretoria as an applicant seeking to have assisted dying decriminalized and legalized in South Africa in 2024. The discussion is now open. I don't know if I just had such a good case today that you're all speechless or that the power of hatred is just bromming up. I have something super ridiculous to say. <coughs> yes. Shoot. But it's really ridiculous and I can feel the stupid emerging from my face as I'm attempting to say this. Right. My hands are sweaty. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms. But he keeps on forgetting. I'm gonna continue. Um I know how stupid I wanna sound, but this was where my brain went. Okay. So don't judge me for this. Okay. Okay. Um <laughs> So, when speaking of mental illness, mm. there is this thing where anxiety 
depression and whatever you are suffering from is so debilitating that you are in pain, mm. right? Now, a lot of people do not see it the same as somebody that is in pain from, for instance, cancer. Mm. Okay. So we know that there is that little gap. Mm. And the people who whom are suffering from debilitating mental illness will tell you that opening your eyes hurts so much that you you literally you you don't want to be here anymore. You no. cannot, you physically cannot, you don't want to live like this anymore. When they if they decriminalize euthanasia, where will those people fall? Because you can now say, okay, cool, Pity has cancer. He is in debilitating pain. He no longer wants to live anymore. Mm. What happens to the person that has a debilitating mental illness, is in so much pain, and they don't want to live anymore? Will they be eligible for assisted suicide? So, in my, in Or is it because <laughs> it's all in your head? It doesn't count. Okay, so in my unprofessional, degreed mind... I would automatically go, they would tend to lean towards the physical ailments more because if you think about it, when, and I've gone through this with family members, when you are at that end stage of cancer, you cannot physically do anything for yourself, let alone function. You sometimes, even with the drugs and everything you're in, you're not even there. So to look at it like that, it's that type of thing of your body, your clock is already almost done. You are just wanting to end your suffering. Whereas, and this is also as a big advocate for mental health, I look at this and I go, someone with debilitating mental health still has hope. There is still hope that it might not feel like that to them, but there are avenues that can be taken. There are treatments that can be sought out. There is help available. Whereas if you are in the end stage cancer and you've been sent home, there's no help. They, you are literally waiting to die. And to watch mm. someone go through that is... Because I've been through both where you've watched someone with severe mental illness almost deteriorate. It's very different. Because there you can help. They're not necessarily... When I say that, I'm not meaning pick them up and take because everyone's going to make their own choices but there are antidepressants there are anti-anxiety pills that can get you to a place of functioning to help yourself when you've got cancer and you're watching someone die it's very different you are watching their cells in their body die mm -hmm. and i look at that and i go if that was me i would want to end it i wouldn't want to firstly put myself mm -hmm. through that pain and suffering because you're gonna die anyway so it's unnecessary you're not proving anything to anyone by suffering like that but you're also putting your family through this so i would want to be able to end it but if i had debilitating mental health not maybe not consciously but subconsciously i would want help i would want to get better because everyone I've known with mental health problems like severe mental health issues have said they don't want to be like this they, they want to be normal in inverted commas yeah but you can say the same for somebody that has cancer obviously no, if they sure. could they would want to be normal and for instance I'm speaking of the the degree of cancer that 
puts you in that position. Mm. I'm speaking of the same degree of mental health. Mm. So have it be bipolar Mm. with psychosis. You have attempted suicide 50 times and you are literally at the point you are affecting your family. Everybody is seeing you go Mm. backwards. There's literally the medication isn't helping Nothing is physically helping you. No amount of therapy is helping you. You have gone through the steps as a cancer patient would go through the steps. Mm. And you are, either you are going to attempt to kill yourself in a different way, or you can have the dignity of having somebody assist you in doing that. Do you think there is a, there would be an argument there? Or is that, that's actually all I want to know. Yeah. Do you think there will be an argument there? Or do you think that's I just going to be kind think. of pushed to the side and being like, yo, nah-ah-ah. I don't think comes down be. Basically comes down to the fact of mm. mental illness is not as debilitating as cancer. I think it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be like that because we as South Africa have started to acknowledge mental health and see it that you know you break a bone you go to the doctor yeah. you get a cast and you fix your bone same with your head like if you if you're not well you need to get help for it but when it comes to something like assisted suicide I think it's such an advanced legal path that initially it would just be terminally ill. It wouldn't be... Because I don't even think countries that have legalized it have looked into that side of things. Because it isn't... It's That would almost be considered thinking of something we've spoken about before. Putting an ad in the newspaper asking someone to come murder you. Like that's kind of... it. it, it that is a very gray area that's, I would think, even more gray within the euthanasia department and i think also something to consider is when it comes to the assisted suicide you have to be in some sort of right mind Mm. to make that decision if it comes down to a mental health aspect how can you be in the right mind to make that decision that's a good point because that is well done (laughs) because that is that was the biggest thing with transom forward was that they if because like i said it was a lot of information and if you read you can go into safley and read his application to the high court the judge goes on he was evaluated by psychiatrists he was the psychologist even noted what good mindset he was in um considering his prognosis and i mean he was a well-educated lawyer and he was an advocate he was he had a llb he had a master's he this man was not dumb like he was not just some random oak off the street who decided okay i'm sick i want to end it now like and i look at it and i go if he couldn't even get that like yes he was granted it but say he hadn't passed away before judgment was given would he have been able to yeah you know it's so i look at this and i go it's if they do get this right, if Dignity SA does pull it off and get legislation moving, it'll be the same as how the marijuana bill was, it was decriminalized, but they haven't passed any legislation on it. So it that'll be the same. They decriminalize it first and then they pass it on to the legislative body to make the laws. So this is going to be something that is a long process. It is They're going to put it out for community what's the word opinion community opinion 
where issues like mental health can be raised and that kind of thing. But personally looking at it, I don't think that'll play a factor in it at all. You know, that was just an intrusive thought that I had. <laughs> that I know. No, but it was a valid question. I mean, God's no <laughs> validity, actually. But it's it's a very, like if you go into Dignity's essays website, they are so well informed about this and even if you just google it there are so many articles on it relaying the constitutional rights and the ethical rights and the religious rights and playing them up against each other because personally i look at it and i go if it's your right to refuse treatment why isn't it your right to request to end it I still think it's fucked up that someone else can make that decision for you, but you can't make it yourself. It is. No, it is. Honestly. Like, I know it sounds really stupid to say, but what the fuck? Because if I pass an evaluation saying I am in the right mindset, X, Y, and Z, then why can't I make that decision? Because if I was unable to make that decision, someone else was going to do it for me. Exactly. What, you must just wait a couple of weeks till you fall into a coma. And And to me... That's, if anything, you're putting me in a situation where I'm going to lose more dignity for myself mm. if that's the way it has to go. Like you're going to be tortured some more. Exactly. And it's, it's horrific. It's really what, they, what people go through when it comes to terminal illness. And like you said, oh. if you know you're going to die, doing that and going through that is so fucking unnecessary. If I yeah. don't have to go through that, and we all know in three weeks' time, I'm definitely not going to be here, then... Why the fuck make me suffer for the next three weeks? Mm. Just let me fucking be. Let me go and let me do what I need to do. Because I feel like also on top of that, that's when people, especially, let's say, for example, a younger generation, let's say between 16 and 30, and they get terminally ill and they know they only have a month left or whatever and they can't do assisted suicide, they're going to try it them fucking self. Mm. So would you rather me do it in a gruesome way that's going to traumatize a lot of people and make me lose dignity within myself or go out in an inverted commas as appropriate manner as possible as humane as fucking mm. possible i don't know i don't it, also it makes me angry up, like thinking of end of life in general it opens up questions of life insurances and that type of thing because as far as i'm aware i don't know much about insurance but as far as i am aware if you commit suicide you cannot, your family is ineligible for to receive the life insurance. I might be mistaken, but I do think that that is only valid for the first two years. Is You're it? not allowed to commit, or not allowed. <laughs> if you commit suicide within two years of okay. gaining the policy, yeah. they, after that, because they technically cannot refuse discriminate yeah. with the mental health. Yeah, that would make sense. I think I I might be mistaken. I also feel as though it, if that is passed, say for example, Mm. they say, okay, we're going to bring assisted suicide in, and that is a a question people have. In my opinion, again, it falls down to what I've been saying. If you're going to pull the plug on me, I'm you're still going to get that life insurance Mm. because it's a medical thing. But so say to me, same principle. This like legalizing something like assisted suicide saves that family because say the way I look at things is let's take okay that's right it's only the first two years instead of say within those first two years we don't know Mm. 
we don't know you might like someone might rock up tomorrow and be fine and then the next day they're diagnosed with leukemia or you know so say in those two years you are diagnosed and it's you've got like sorry bro you've got six months Mm -hmm. and you want you embark on something like assisted suicide it means that you don't have to waste like spend those six months suffering Mm -hmm. just so that you can die to let your family get it it means that you can just make it peaceful keep your right like keep your rights intact keep your dignity intact but then you also leave your family with something so it's going it's going to be a long road i think but i'm just put so put me glad. in the courtroom man let me yeah. speak my shit i think it comes down to you cannot if you are terminally ill mm. then you cannot apply for life insurance and then make it pay out yeah no you can't it has to be before yeah yeah crazy <laughs> we will get an insurance person yet just like yeah it's the same we'll, we'll figure it out if you say for instance you are pregnant and you yeah. get medical aid they're not covering your pregnancy yeah no because you knew you then basically I have a 12 month waiting period on the yeah, yeah, maternity yeah. benefits yes so you are then argumentatively getting the medical aid for them to pay for it mm. so if you have two weeks to live you can't apply for life insurance and then pay one installment <laughs> that'd be very funny though yeah if and then, someone did boom, try that your family gets a milli that that, that doesn't mm. make sense i understand that but yeah. i do think if you are already on it and then get diagnosed with everything i think yeah, yeah. as long as you get diagnosed after yeah, yeah you've yeah. then yes but yeah that's a very it's a very controversial topic and i think it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. So I would suggest everybody keeps an eye out. And let us know mm. what you guys think. What are your opinions on this? Where mm. do you fall in this line? Do you think it should be legalized? Do you think it's a bad idea? Talk to us, guys. Random thing. I always thought that P.O.D.'s song, We Are, We Are, The Youth of the Nation. I always thought they sang, The Youth and Asia. So yeah, there's my there's my little well tidbit. Done. Well done. <laughs> Ending this on a on a good note. Better than last week's what the law. Yeah, this all, this was. We were all very aggressive. I actually thought this would be a very depressing one, but it's it's like it made me think. Yeah. It really it makes you think, and that's what I like about topics like this, and why I thought okay, let's do something different, mm. because it's it's not a law yet, you know, and it's. If they are petitioning it, then and you are pro, then go check out Dignity Essays website and we will link it below. Yeah, we will we will be seeing keeping an eye on this and see what happens this year. We will see you on Friday for Monday. full Friday. This is Wednesday, this my is dude. Wednesday. We will see them on Friday. Do you not want to see them? Do you not want to talk I to wanna them? I want to see everybody. Not everybody. No. But, um, <laughs> this just made party. me think of everybody in the club getting tipsy. And, um, and S is presenting on Friday. Yay! Exciting. I don't know what's to come, but I am shitting bricks. But um, be afraid. Go outside, touch them, guys. Tell someone you love them. Smell a flower. Don't worry, be happy. Just, just be cool, bro. <laughs> Bye. Bye.